Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Uh, so good to have all of you guys here in church this morning. Uh, and uh, I'm just, you know, really excited, but also at the same time nervous to share God's Word with you guys this morning because it is, you know, truly, um, you know, something that is really still ministering to me. Uh, and uh, and, and I, but I, I just want to share it. And uh, please understand that uh, if there's anything that sounds ouch, uh, it is, uh, you know, we're processing it together. Amen. Uh, and so uh, I want to kind of like start us in this kind of like new uh, mini series, a short series. I have no idea how long it lasts. Uh, and, uh, you know, every time I get to preach, um, you know, and as I'm saying that, uh, we are also actively trying to raise up uh, more uh, local in-house preachers. Uh, how many of you were blessed by Sam's preaching a couple of weeks ago? Uh, and uh, I won't spoil the surprise, but in the coming weeks, you're going to see some people that you go like, what, what, what? I didn't know you could preach. Uh, and uh, that's only because we really believe that uh, as the whole nation is kind of like, you know, uh, uh, coming out of a pandemic, we believe that as the people of God, uh, we shouldn't just step back uh, into our old habits, uh, but we need to step out, amen, and even step up. Uh, so even as we can meet again and eat out again and fellowship again, and maybe, you know, uh, those of us, uh, you know, we can even, you know, uh, I, I don't know, you know, travel again if, if you're into that. Um, as we do all that, let's not do it, you know, with a habit to step back into the old status quo, amen, uh, but to step out by faith. And so that's why we want to raise more people, raise more leaders, and uh, really, you know, allow God to just reign supreme in His house. And so, coming back to what I was talking about earlier, so I want to start on this new series. Every time I get to speak God's word with you, uh, I will try to, you know, continue on uh, in this series. So, uh, because things might, I'm not sure how you respond to this message, things might get intense, it might not, uh, because you're all very mature in Christ, uh, but I thought I'll just start with something fun and uh, some interaction. So, maybe we can all uh, decide together what to name this series, okay? So, this series, uh, I want to talk about some of Jesus' teachings that are a little bit hard to swallow. And some of the tougher teachings of Jesus. But because they are, you know, Jesus' words, they are still very important. And so, while they are uncomfortable, we still need to know them process it and, and, and live it out. Amen? And so, uh, I thought, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, every week we'll have, as we talk about the different uncomfortable scriptures, uh, uh, that will be a kind of like title for that day, but the overarching uh, uh, name of this mini-series, I'll give you two choices, okay? And then you guys can vote. Tell me next week. Uh, people online, you can vote as well and then let me know. And uh, okay, so either you go with tough love, Tough love, because you know, Jesus is preaching. It's tough, but it's out of love. Yeah. Tough love, okay? Or the second one, controversial Christ. Ooh. Ooh. So, so okay, just, just hash it out. Have fun, okay? But don't let this be the only thing you remember from today's message, okay? <laughs> what do you learn? Oh, we, 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 we voted on the series, okay? What was the series about? Don't know. Um, so, why don't we turn with me? Uh, to John chapter 6, verse 53 to 67. John chapter 6, verse 53 to 
67, this will be our main focus uh, on our uh, message today. Uh, and, uh, you know, we will be reading it, uh, a little bit more scripture, but it's okay. Amen. It's always good to read God's Word. Uh, and uh, as you read it, you understand why this was one of, uh, you know, uh, the harder to swallow teachings of Jesus. Uh, and uh, if you're there, can I hear a good amen? Amen. Praise God. You know, if you're going to say yes and amen, I encourage you, you know, with all freedom, you know, say it louder. Uh, because sometimes when I listen back at the podcast, uh, people think that I'm uh, uh, just an insane person talking to an empty room. Uh, because the, the mic doesn't always pick up the crowd. So sometimes they just hear me go like, amen. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? And then the absolute silence. Um, but, uh, but you guys know, okay, you're all here with me. Um, so, John 6, 53 to 67, we have it flashed up on the screen for those that don't have a Bible so that you can read along. And let's read along. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. So it's not just us who find it a little bit hard to swallow, controversial, a bit of a tough love. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Okay? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this. Oh, how many have been there before? You hear what the pastor preached and you complain against him. It's okay, you're not the only one. They did it to Jesus too. Uh, as I'm saying that, I'm saying to myself. Uh, he said to them, does this offend you? Wow, how many have been there before? How many of you have read the word of God and it offended you? It offended your 21st century sensibilities. Amen? You know, the word of God is, is this. Jesus offends. What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Wow. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and who did not believe and who would betray him. Wow. And he said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? How many of you have read the word of God? How many of you have tried living for Jesus and it just got too hard? And you just felt like quitting? And you just felt like walking away from the faith, walking away from church, walking away from the Word of God. Amen? And this is exactly what happened here. And so I just love it that the Word of God is so alive, that, that the, the painful things that we go through, the things that, that we struggle with, uh, uh, it's addressed in the Word of God. 
Amen. And, we, and if we actually search through the, uh, no, all the Gospels, we can actually find a, a solution and what Jesus said about you know, some of the emotions that we're going through. Amen. So if there's anyone here, you, you feel like maybe today you thought to yourself, this is the last time I'm going to church. This is the last time I'm giving God a shot. Today is the last time I'm going to pray what well, I believe that this word is for you. Because there's so many people here who walked away. Amen. And maybe for some of you who didn't walk away, you know, maybe, maybe that's God trying to show that, you know, He's doing something within you. Because if it's not living in you, you would have walked away. You have faded away. But the fact that even though you're going through what you're going through, the storms in your life, the struggles you're going through, the addictions you're going through, you're going through all of that, the abuse, the trauma, your past, but the fact that you're still standing, you're still holding on to God means that, you know, God, the sustaining work of the Holy Spirit, Spirit is working in you and through you. Amen. Now, I hope that that's an encouragement for all of you guys here. And, now, and so, uh, today's title is called Eat Me. Eat Me. Because that's what Jesus was telling his disciples, his followers to do. Right? Unless you eat me. And, and when you read that to us 21st century people who have maybe watched some horror movies, zombie movies, you go like, that sounds like, you know, is Jesus, are you, are you teaching your disciples cannibalism? Are you telling them, you know, that they are going to be vampires, right? There's some kind of like vampiric tones there. If you drink my blood, you will live forever. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, you know, like you, you almost expect Jesus to have like a Transylvanian accent. But, but no, you know, Jesus is not talking about literal, you know, uh, a flesh and blood eating, which we'll go into that. But that didn't change the fact that it shook people up. It messed people up. And many times when you read the Bible, uh, there will be passages of Scripture where it messes us up, where it shakes us up. But my encouragement to you is that don't just give up because you're uncomfortable. Don't just walk away because it's hard to swallow. I want you to press on because this is Jesus. And with Jesus, there's, there's, there's always a twist to it, a good twist, amen? And so to help us process this kind of like whole series, uh, we're going to ask ourselves three questions. Kind of a little bit like what we did in the, the previous series that we did on the Ten Commandments, you know, four plus six for those of you who were there, right? We, we asked ourselves three questions, you know, what does this command tell us about who we are? And now what does this command tell us about, you know, how we live it out today and all that? So today we're going to have three questions and, and so you can write down this question in advance, I'm going to go and I'm going to answer them. And so the three answers will form the three points, the three take-home points for our message and time with God today. So three questions is this, right, that we will ask ourselves every time I, I get to do this series. What does this, when I say this, this whole scripture, this whole encounter, what does this tell us about Jesus? Because don't forget, as controversial as Jesus Christ is, as tough as his love is, it's still about him. And so we want to study and find out what it is about Jesus. The second question is, what does this tell us about who we are? Right? Because how many know that the tension is not with Jesus? The tension is between us and Jesus. And so we want to know, what, what, what did Jesus mean when he said those things? And, and what's up with me? And, and why do I have an issue with some of these teachings? Right? And so hopefully we can open the Word of God and allow the Word of God to kind of like dissect our hearts and, and help us to be more human, so to speak. Uh, and of course, uh, the third question is this, how do we apply this in our lives today? 
because we still got to live it out, right? The Word of God is eternal, amen? And the Bible says that, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will remain, amen? And so as long as it remains, uh, it's not there as just a moralistic teaching, Amen. Uh, it is there as the very word of God. And so we're going to study this scripture and we're going to answer. So point number one or answer number one, what does this tell us about Jesus? The answer is this. Jesus is the answer, not his teachings. Okay, it's going to sound very messed up. You're going to think, did you step into the right church? Okay. Now, when you read uh, passages of scripture and every time Jesus said something that was deemed controversial, uh, the key towards unpacking that is not in trying to decipher the teaching. It's in trying to understand Jesus. And so Jesus is actually the cipher. Jesus is actually the key towards us understanding his teachings. Right? You know uh, how we have some friends and uh, they think they're funny people and they tell jokes and sometimes you don't get the joke. But then how many of you have also heard this before? But if you know that person, you know the joke, yeah. right? So if you know your friend is a very uh, person who loves puns, and then this person walks around telling all sorts of puns, if you didn't know this person, you'll be like, what's up with that person? You know, he always, you know, he's, he's, he's always just spouting off these random things like, you know, have a rice day, you know, like... like <laughs> And then you're thinking, what's with that? You know, that sounds borderline racist. You know, is he saying that because I'm Asian? But that only to realize, no, no, no. He just loves puns and he also loves rice. And so when he says, have a rice day, you know, you know what I'm saying? So the same with the teachings of Jesus. When you get Jesus, you get his teachings. And what you need to understand is this, that, that actually the power is also in Jesus, not his teachings. You see, the world loves to separate that. But actually, you cannot separate because actually, Jesus is the bulk of his teaching was always pointing to himself. You see, Jesus is so different than all other religious leaders and religion founders out there. You know, the, the other religions that, that, you know, because of sensitivity, we, we won't name or, or any of them, but, but more or less, the, the different founders will say that, hey, I will point you to God. I will point you to God. Only Jesus says, I am God. Yeah. Do you see the controversy? So actually, it's, it's not just in his teaching. You see, here people are stumbling, right? What? You're asking to eat flesh and blood? But actually, they miss the deeper controversy, which is my flesh, my blood. So, you know, it's less controversial. See, unless you eat the flesh and blood of God... And people will be like, how do you get the flesh and blood of God? Instead, Jesus ups it and goes like, unless you eat of my flesh, my blood. And so if you read between the lines, you know who I am implying myself to be. And even when we study the different teachings of Jesus, Jesus didn't just teach a way, Jesus says, I am the way. Just think about that for a while. And so, you know, what all of these uncomfortable things, even today, what, what it, it really tells us about Jesus is that He is the answer. Yeah. Amen? You know, and, and, and even the, 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 the Beatitudes, right? You may be thinking, are you sure everything that Jesus said was, was, was pointing to Himself? Yeah, but, but don't misunderstand. Jesus was not big-headed. He, he pointed to Himself, but He never promoted Himself. If you read the Scripture, he, Jesus was not a fan of crowds. Every time they try to misunderstand him, 
uh, or, or you know, the most common one, in fact, in John chapter 6, go back and read it. Started in John chapter 6, we, we started kind of reading halfway through or maybe towards the back end, uh, but it actually started with, you know, the feeding. Uh, you know, feeding of, of you know, I think 5,000 and, and, and it was a miracle. And as he fed the masses, the masses started to follow him because they started to perceive him as a miracle worker. But Jesus shooed them away and Jesus tried to kind of like tell them, hey, no, this is not what I'm about. Because Jesus, he, because, because the answer is him, Jesus cannot risk us misunderstanding him. I'm going to say that again. Because the bulk and the key and the, the, the whole point of Jesus' teaching is pointing to Him. It's about who He is. And who He is changes who we are. He cannot risk us having the wrong opinion about who He is. And so while miracle worker is a good thing, it is a pale comparison to the Son of God. And so if He's going to have people following Him as large a crowd as possible, calling Him a miracle worker... You know, calling him a political leader, he would chase them away, he would close it down, he would send his disciples across uh, uh, the Sea of Galilee and he would, you know, walk across the sea and through another way to lose the crowd because Jesus loved us so much that he cannot risk us misunderstanding who he is. And so what does this tell us about Jesus? It's him. The power is in Jesus. The answer is in Jesus, in knowing Him, in getting Him, and not just His teachings. And maybe this is an encouragement for some of us here today. Maybe some of you here, you try reading the Bible, and then you, you hit parts where you don't understand. And you think the Bible is about the teachings of Jesus. No, it's about Jesus. And, and it's only when you experience Jesus. How many of you have had your friends try to debate you about faith, and they go like, you know, uh, if God is real, how come He said this? How come He said that? And they're trying to understand God through His teachings, but the real way to experience God is to know Him first. Then His teachings make sense. Amen? You know, if, if you want to, if I'm writing a letter to, to, to Pastor Cat, right? And Pastor Cat's my wife, and I'm writing her, I'm calling her things like, hey monkey, right? And then now, if you don't know me, if you don't know us, you're going to be like, oh, this is horrible, horrible, horrible human being. What kind of husband calls his wife an animal? But if you know us, you will know that it's an enduring term. I call her monkey, she calls me donkey, okay? So it's just a little bit of our private life being exposed here a bit. But the same with God. So let this be a guide, you know, as you go through the teachings of Jesus, don't get stuck. Amen. What does all his teachings is always about him. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis and it's written in one of my favorite books. It's called Mere Christianity. You can go back and read it. It will change your life. Uh, C.S. Lewis says this, I'm trying hard to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, him being Jesus. That I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who is merely a man and said the things that Jesus said, like, eat of my flesh and you'll have eternal life, would not be a great man and a, not a great moral teacher for that matter, C.S. Lewis says. He would either be a lunatic on the level of someone who says he is a poached egg, that's his writing, 
or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. And he adds on, right? Twist the knife. But don't ever come with the patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. Whew, that's some old school mic drop there. And what I love is this, that it's so true. A lot of us, even as Christians, we, 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 we try to focus on the, te- we try to live out the teachings of Jesus without Jesus. And that's what it means by going it with your own strength. Amen? You know, and, and this is so important. And what I love is that, you know, as C.S. Lewis said, right, you, you either, if he says these kind of things, so you, he's, you either fall at his feet and worship him and call him Lord and God, or you will shut him up, you will spit on him, and you will kill him. And you know what's the beautiful thing is this? They did try to shut him up. They did spit on him, and they did kill him. And the reason why we fall on our knees and call him Lord and God is because we know for a fact that he rose again. They tried to shut him up by crucifying, but he rose again. They spat on his face, but he rose again, took all of our sins to the cross. Amen? You know, and even when they killed him, he rose again. Amen? And that's why Jesus is controversial. He's the only... One in all of world faith that claims to still be alive and now sits on the throne of God. And this is not a human invention because as you read here in this very controversial teaching of Jesus, he says that if you can't handle eating my flesh, you can't handle seeing me ascend to where I was before. So he's, there's so many levels to this. He's trying to say that before the world was, I am. I was already with the Father and I came down and into the world and one day I will go back up again. If you can't handle this, you can't handle the, the, the fullness and the mystery and the beauty of my divinity. Point number two is this. Are, are we still okay? We're not losing anyone here? Amen. I hope this inspires you, right? Today will kind of like be an introduction, right? Um, point number two, what does this tell us about who we are, right? So if Jesus is the answer, and, and all of these teachings need to be interpreted through our understanding of Him, and He is the Son of God. And that's why today we take communion. And we understand that the flesh and blood that He's talking about was the type of death and sacrifice. And how we need to be partaking, right? Like what we did this morning, taking communion. The, 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 the wine or the juice that represented the blood uh, that was spilled for us and the bread represented His body was broken for us as we believe in Christ and partake of communion with Him and that meal with Him, you know, we become one with Him and we live forevermore. Amen? And so that, that's how we, we, we interpret Jesus. And, but how do we kind of like interpret ourselves? What is it about us that... that makes it hard for us to swallow this teaching of Jesus? Well, the answer is this. We seek to understand, but God wants us to believe. That's the problem. Because if you're trying to understand cannibalism, there's nothing to understand there. It's messed up. But was Jesus trying to do that? No. And, 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 but you can see this in verse 60, you know, and if I can have activists help flesh up that, otherwise I can read it to you. Verse 60, as he taught all this, verse 60 of John chapter 6 says this, Therefore many of disciples, when they heard this, they said this, This is a hard saying, and who can 
understand it. Do you see what they were going at? Hard saying, how to understand. And maybe this is the key. When you read the Word of God, sometimes we give up. How many struggle to do your morning devotion? Right? Maybe change time. If morning, you're not a morning person, don't call morning devotion, okay? Do evening devotion. Just do devotion, okay? You know, don't set yourself up for failure, right? You know, but, you know, a lot of times, don't just read it for understanding. Read it to believe. Because that's what Jesus wanted in verse 64. Just, next, just the next slide again. Verse 64, it says here, you know, but he knew from the very beginning, they were seeking to understand, but Jesus knew from the very beginning who they were who did not believe. Do you see that? What they were looking for and what Jesus was looking for was different. Jesus was looking for believers who will go to him, you know, and, and, and devour his teaching, devour his presence and see Jesus as the very sustenance for our everything and not looking for philosophers and, and, and under, people to understand for the sake of understanding. And this is compounded again and, you know, we didn't read this but I'll read it to you. If you go back, you read, remember we ended up with Jesus asking his 12 disciples, do you guys also want to leave me? Wow, you know, these are strong words, you know. But verse 68 and 69, I'm going to read to you. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So when you believe, it leads to knowing. And the beautiful thing is this, there's a difference between knowing and understanding. We do this all the time, and God wants us to apply it to His teachings. When I say we do this all the time, uh, for example, um, and I'm a simple man, okay? So I, 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 I might sound like a fool as I'm saying this, but can I be honest? I don't fully understand how a plane works. Okay, just feel free to laugh at me, okay? I don't understand the law of aerodynamics and, you know, lift and all that, right? But I believe and I know it works, right? But if you ask me to explain, how, how does, you no, know, I'll be like, talk to Jia Sheng, you know, like, <laughs> you know, he's a church member who studies aeronautical science. So, you know, uh, uh, if you ask me how does the iPhone work, I have trouble figuring out half the time. But then there are people here who study electronical engineering, right, who loves tearing the phone apart and fixing it. I'm not that guy. But I believe the phone works and I know it works and that's good enough for me. Now, this is not ignorance, right? God is not saying that be ignorant, but God is saying that the, the key towards knowing me, the key to removing tension from the Word of God, the key to looking through and, and working past the controversy is to seek to believe and not understand. Because in your belief, it will eventually lead to understanding. Belief means this, come, come to me first. Trust in me first. And, and then you will understand. And then you will know. To require understanding before belief is like going to a restaurant and, and asking the waiter and chef to say, please explain to me how this dish is made. And then I will order. But God says, come, eat, then you will know that it's delicious. Yeah. And then over time, 
you might know how to make it yourself. But also understand some things you can't make. How many of you have ever dreamt of going to a three-star Michelin restaurant? That's a three-star for a reason, right? We have zero stars for a reason. <laughs> they have three stars for a reason. If you can order and go like, oh, this is the of the foie gras, and I'll be like, okay. <laughs> and all I can do is believe, <laughs> right? It's like eating with you guys sometimes, you know, you guys love that, that Sichuan food, you know? Uh, uh, and after a while, everything tastes alike. And then you can, you, and then the person says, there's, there's pork inside, there's beef inside, there's fish inside. And then because the citron peppercorns are so strong, it numbs my tongue, I just got to take your word for it that what I'm eating is pork because it all tastes the same, right? But do you see? So God is saying that the key towards getting me is in trusting me. And you got to come believing. And when you believe, you have a higher chance to eventually understand. But even if you don't understand, it's okay because in believing, you know. I, 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 as I read that, I, I know for a fact that, you know, Simon, you know, when I go to heaven one day, uh, he, you know, Simon Peter, I, he has a lot of fans. And I'm just one of his fans, you know. I know some, some, some pastors and preachers go like, oh, I, I resonate with the Apostle Paul. I don't, you know. I resonate with Simon Peter. I love the Apostle Paul. Great, brilliant person. But Simon Peter's my guy. Because he says it as it is, and, and I find many times, you know, as I'm reading this, I can totally get it. He's saying that we don't get it, but we believe. I don't get some of your teachings, Jesus. And, and if you read the Gospels, Simon Peter consistently doesn't get it. <laughs> and that's why I love it. How many know that God uses those that don't get it, but you believe? It's okay if you don't get it. It's okay if you don't fully understand the, the concept of the Trinity, but I believe in it. And when I believe, it gives me peace. When I believe it, it allows me to know God and know Him as a Son of God. And then eventually God, when He sees fit, you know, when my devotion uh, matches up with, with, with His motion, I begin to understand. Amen. So that, that, that's, that's the other thing we've got to understand about who we are. Amen? And so when you read the Word of God, don't just read to understand, but read it to believe. Amen? Are we doing okay so far? Yeah. One last point. How do we apply this? Okay? So we talked a lot about the teachings of Jesus, and this is where I want to get a little bit deeper into what Jesus was teaching. How do we apply this in our lives today. So far, I've been giving you some keys on just general Bible study and how to decipher some of the tougher teachings of Jesus that, that applies to this context, this passage that we just read, and others that we will read in the weeks to come. But how do we apply this, this teaching on eat me in our lives today? Is this just about communion and for us to partake of it? Was Jesus just talking about his eventual sacrifice on the cross that will lead to our salvation and forgiveness of sins? Or is he talking about something more? I believe he's talking about something more. Right? And all those are correct. Is he talking about the future institution of communion? Yes. Is he talking about his death, his tragic and painful death on the cross? Yes. Where his flesh was bruised and his blood dripped for our sake? Yes. Was he talking about the pain of death? Yes. Was he talking about partaking in his suffering? Yes. 
Because all his disciples eventually partook of that same suffering. They all died as martyrs to preach the gospel. And so when we read this, it's, 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 does that speak to us about our need to associate not just with Christ's glory, but his suffering? Yes. But I want to bring us a little bit deeper. And it might sound simple, but I'll explain. The, the answer for how do we apply this in our lives today is this. There's a craving within us that only Jesus can satisfy. Go back, read, because, you know, the whole of chapter 6 is huge. So chapter 6 starts off, right, with um, the feeding. The feeding of, of the, the 5,000, and they fed, they ate, and from, from that, you know, it, it, you know they, Jesus got a following. And they started following Jesus because they, some perceive him as miracle worker, and some perceive him just as breadwinner or bread giver. And so big was his following. You see, Jesus, he's, he's so humble. You know, if, 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 if 5,000 people follow you on Instagram or your social media thingy of choice, uh, how many of you would be excited, right? You know, or maybe some of you already have, you know, 1 million followers, so, you know, what's another 5,000? But, you know, but if 5,000 people follow you on Instagram just overnight, 5,000 people liked your post went viral, Jesus went viral. But he didn't like it because their definition of him was wrong and this was detrimental towards the, the other work that he was going to do. So he dismissed them. And then in chapter 6, he went on to, you know, cross over, walked on water. And then he came over on the other side and they were still there going like, do it again, Jesus. Do it again. Do the bread thing again. Do the bread thing again. And they were treating Jesus. He, he came to save, but they were treating him like some sort of comedian. Hey, hey, tell that joke again. Hey, do that impression again. And Jesus said that, no, that's not what I'm about. No, no, come on, do it again. No, come on, prove to us that you're God. They're trying to goad him. Come on, do it again. You know, Moses gave us bread. And then Jesus was like, Moses didn't give you bread. My father gave you bread. Yeah. And, and even that bread, is, is, that's not the point, guys. The, 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 the bread and the fish, Jesus was not into making fillet of fish. You know what I'm saying? He's not about McDonald's. He's not about, he said, I'm not about that. I'm not even about manna. I'm, I'm about so much more. I'm about feeding you and, 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 and causing you to, to seize this eternal craving you have that only I can satisfy. But they kept talking to him about bread and food. And then Jesus began to notice a pattern in humanity. And he started to go like, you guys are all about eating. Eat, 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 eat. Consume, consume, consume. There's a craving within you. You crave, crave, crave. Fine. You want to eat? Eat me. Because until you eat me, you will never be satisfied. And it was a double-edged sword. It was to provoke those that were just following for convenience. But it was also to tell them that as frustrated as I am towards your, your, this, this bunch of groupies, and, and at the same time, I also have compassion because Jesus also fed them out of compassion. And but Jesus is also saying that, but you don't even realize that you guys are like the walking dead. You guys are like zombies following around, craving but never being full. 
And it's only until when I go to the cross, oh, that craving within you, because that craving within you, food cannot satisfy. That craving within you, manna cannot satisfy. That craving within you, that restless craving is actually, you don't even realize what you're craving for. You think you want bread. You think you want manna. You think you want to follow me because I'm some big shot newcomer rabbi. That's not it. The thing you're really craving for is to be one and be at peace with God. And only when I suffer on the cross can you finally have that. And when you think about this, in a way, that part of, that, that craving part of us, even after we accept Christ, still, it still comes up. I call it craving because, you know, it's like middle of the night, you get a craving. How many have been there before? Right? Middle of the night, fried chicken, out of nowhere. How many had 2 a.m. McNuggets craving before? You know, come on, raise your hands and shame the devil. You know, like you've been there before, right? Where does it come from? We don't know. Is it a spiritual thing? I'm not sure. But there's a craving. There is a craving. And, and Jesus is saying that similarly in spiritually, spiritual terms, there's a spiritual craving that rears its ugly head. But only I can satisfy. And most of us, we, we, we don't, you know, we crave, some of us, we crave food. But we all crave something. We crave, some of us, we crave control. We crave control. We, we, we cannot handle not knowing. Some of us, we, we crave acceptance. And we will do anything to be accepted. We crave companionship. And some of us, we would go to do anything just so that we are not alone. We crave. We crave power. Those are the, like, you know, we all, you know, we all want it. We just don't want to say it. We all crave power, right? We all crave money. We all have cravings. Do you, do you get it? And God is saying that you, you, you guys are this, like, you know, I love you, but there's this, there's this, like, ugly hunger craving within you that, that you need me. And the truth is this, we, we, try to, we try to feed ourselves. The whole world is trying to feed themselves. They're walking around craving, really craving God, but they think it's relationship. They think it's marriage. They think it's having a child. They think it's having a job. They think it's having a holiday. They think it's having a house. They think it's having a, you know, you name it. They think it's this, this thing, this thing. And then guess what? You, you eat that. Right, you go for that three star Michelin, it still doesn't satisfy. And then you know, you can go for three star Michelin and suddenly 2 a.m. you go like I want McNuggets. And then even when you go for that 2 a.m. McNuggets, if you actually have the you know a 24-hour McDonald's living near you, they're not sponsoring this message, but you get the point. That even if you go there and you have a McNugget at 2 a.m., guess what? It will leave you empty and you'll feel horrible about yourself. And Jesus is saying that there's this eternal 
craving and, and you're just filling yourselves with all sorts of garbage and just labeling them nice things like work-life balance and, and, and job and, 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 and all these things, you know, you just, just it won't satisfy. The ancient people back then when they were with Jesus, they labeled it, oh, if only we had manna, do the manna thing again. If only we had bread, do the bread and fish thing again. If only we had this. And Jesus saying that that will not satisfy, only I will satisfy. But here's the twist as well. How many of us, even though we have Jesus in our lives, there are days where we still crave other things. It's not that Jesus is defective. It's not. You know, and a lot of times people wonder, they go like, I, I thought Jesus is it. So I, I gave my life to Jesus, but how come I'm still addicted? You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to church, I'm reading this Bible, but how come uh, I'm still tempted by pornography? You know, how, how come uh, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, living for Jesus, I'm, I'm doing my Bible app devotion, and, and still I am tempted to miss church and give it a skip? What is this dual nature within me? The Bible calls that dual nature flesh. But please understand, there's nothing defective about Jesus. It is our misunderstanding of what Jesus is prescribing. Jesus is saying, unless you eat, right? And whoever eats, right? And so Jesus is saying that you got to feast. You got to gorge on me. It sounds really horrific terms. But what Jesus is saying that, hey, if you think eating once a week, will stave off the hunger of your flesh? Boy, have I got news for you. And yet, that's what we do. We eat once a week, called church. We eat twice a week, called church and homes or small groups. Some of us say, no, 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 I'm very spiritual. I eat every day. I do my devotion every day. Oh, good on you. But how many of you just eat a day, right? Just yesterday, Pastor Cat woke up with like, you know, gastric and go like, I need brunch. And then we went out for brunch, right? Because that's, you know, the thing you do on a Saturday morning if you have time. And then after that, towards the afternoon, she was like, oh, I feel, I feel I need to eat again. How many have been there, right? You eat and eat, and eat. And so it is not a mistake that Jesus used this very kind of like animalistic uh, uh, terminology and, and, and this thing that we all understand called eating and consuming because we, we eat to survive. And Jesus is saying that you need to feast on me to survive. There's a dual nature within you. And one day, when he comes back again, that, and, and we are completely remade in a new body, new image that that flesh will die forevermore. But as long as you're walking on planet Earth, there will be that dual nature. And Jesus is saying that there is a craving within you and and you need to feed on me constantly. And so what, what am I telling us or what is the word of God telling us here? God is saying that, hey, if, if, if you have a craving that only I can satisfy, then, then let me satisfy. But don't, just like what we read earlier on, 
Sometimes we can compartmentalize Jesus and go like, oh, he's just a moralistic teacher. Sometimes we can compartmentalize Jesus even after we know him and go like, you're only good for Sundays. And, and, and you know, uh, feasting on God means reading his word. Flashback, that's why point number one is this, is Jesus, not the teaching. And so when you feast, what, am, what the Bible is encouraging us to do is this, that every day, Live fully for Christ. Wake up praying. Wake up reading the Word. And then when you go to work, don't stop thinking about Christ. And when you hit a roadblock at work, don't think that you have what it takes. And allow Christ, because this is what it means by to constantly feast. Feast and go, oh God, oh, I can't, you know, this, I can't do this, this thing, this, this job, this person, this work thing, my boss, I can't handle this. And sometimes when we can't handle it, we stress eat and we eat the wrong things. Call gossip, we eat the wrong things. Call, I don't know, you know, trying to fix the problem with our own resources, but God is saying, feast on me. And so God is saying that you got to feast and eat and eat and eat and eat. And that's what we need to do, church. Jesus is trying to tell us that there is a deeper symptom and it's not just a once-a-week meal. In fact, we, you know, uh, I'm from Malaysia and not sure how many people here are from Malaysia, but there's a saying in, in Malaysia, we have one meal. We just take breaks three times a day. You know, but, but we eat, you know, from, from, from sunrise to sundown, you know. 12 a.m. midnight, we're still having a meal. We just take breaks from that one big meal. <laughs> and I think, I, think, I think God understands Malaysian humor. <laughs> and I think he's saying that I'm that one big meal that you need daily. And because if you think that praying three times a day is holy enough, it's not enough. If you think doing devotion once a day is enough, it's not enough because you're still separating. Oh, I think I need some teaching. Jesus said, no, you need all of me. And so worship me. Pray with me. Read me. Read my word. But talk to me. Walk with me. Suffer with me. And in the suffering, we experience God. And God is saying that, hey, this is the only way you can stave off the cravings of the flesh. Otherwise, what happens, and I, you know, I'm not trying to insult, what ends up happening most of the time for all of us here is that we, we have inconsistent walk with God. And we're high one day and then we fail the other and we come back from church and then we struggle that night itself. And God is saying that you don't have to. He's not blaming you. He's not hating on you. He's just telling you, you don't have to. Keep eating. Don't be a stranger. Keep eating. Keep coming to his table and keep feasting on his goodness. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word uh, that we can just open up and devour. And God, even this is not enough. And, and, and Lord, that's why church is, I think it's, it's your way of telling us what we need on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord, that when we come together for church, we worship, we pray, we fellowship, we read your word. And it's all that.
not just one or the other. And God, you're telling us that that spread is what we need for our daily living. And most importantly, that's what you die on the cross to give to us. And so in Scripture, is this beautiful picture of God going through it all so that we can have Him every day. And yet the sad thing is this, we are not having Him every day. We're having other things every other day. It's like someone that slaves the whole night to come up with a big buffet spread and yet the invited guests are not even touching and that's Jesus I did it all for you I've given you full access so why are you not accessing so God I pray for for all of us myself included Lord forgive us when we take this divine access to you for granted what at one time was impossible where it took the high priest to go into the holy of holies when you die on the cross you you tore the veil forgive us lord forgive us lord when when we forget that the veil has been torn and we still live with a veil over our eyes. Forgive us, Lord, that you tore down the separation, but we keep putting it back up. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to remember again that it's about you. It's you, not just the teaching, not just the songs, not just the activities. It's you. It's always been you. Help us, Lord, to come back to that place again where we just want to believe and not grow too smart for our own good. Lord, most importantly, help us, Lord. To feast on you because you have prepared a wedding feast. So God, help us, Lord. Give us a new heart, I pray today. Lord, if there's anyone here that struggles to go to you consistently, I pray that you will give us a new heart, not a heart made of stone, but a, a, a real heart. Give us a new heart, Lord. Oh God, if there's any one of us here that, that we become like an old, dried up wine skin, Lord, make us your new wine skin and pour in your new wine because we need you. We're thirsty for you, but we don't even realize it. Help us to realize, Lord. Not only are you the one that can quench our thirst, but that you're willing to pour out. And you've been pouring out. And you poured out yourself ultimately in the most magnificent and generous way on the cross so that we can have grace that's new every morning. And may we not take that grace for granted. May we not just take your teachings and your sayings for granted. These are not just the sayings of a human teacher. These are the sayings of the Most High God given, blessed to us in the language, in the, in, in, in the app, you know, in our pockets. We have the Word of God everywhere. May we not just carry it. May we read it and consume it and live it and allow what we consume to energize us empower us to live a new life for you today in jesus name we pray amen amen
If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.